Ah, good evening, my friend. Was Sir aware I was in the business of wondering as to whether you were in the penultimate possession of the terribly wonderful knowledge as to the quaint location of this fine local establishment? Slap bang in the middle of the never not there? I was just walking. Ah, yes, sir. The walk of life, and with your chameleon teeth you snap the air that fades, feeds, and deletes the fragile mind. Like cake. Birthday cake with candles picked from the cane fields of the ones who suffer in silence. Never before asking permission first. (laughs) Would sir like some pineapple chunks? They are soaked in the words spoken by men with hair such as yours in fully furnished office spaces. Spicy, unlike that birthday cake. Do you mind if we stand up, sir? What? What are you talking about? I think perhaps that the mere percolation of your comfortable arse-based idea was a little ahead of its time. Um, do you have any chairs? No, sir. No. In this shop, we use our legs. What exactly is this place? I don't remember how I got here. You were the one who walked through the door, sir. I don't remember how I got here. I just remember the bell. So often the way... The tolling of the bell is often loud and confusing, blaring in the ears of those unprepared to hear it, as they often are. It does sometimes irk me so, to have to explain the reason for every customer's presence in my humble, negative void. Time after weary time, you made an appointment, sir, a most urgent one. If I remember the telephone conversation. We spoke on the phone. Also, a paper invitation in advance of the phone call, sir. Two-step verification. It is the rule that every client verbally confirms their consent to have their memories, shall we say, altered. Altered? What do you mean? Altered. Indeed, Mr. Sharp. Sharpie. Indeed. Upon entry to this place, my place, my establishment ceased with that your mind is scrubbed of any memory linked to your knowledge of the location of the establishment itself, my own little internal self-optimizing functionality along with the added bonus of being the proud owner of a building that's ever so slightly alive. How do you know my name? I don't even know your name. Please, sir, must we linger on such trivia? All this talk of appointments, telephone conversations and verbal confirmations and you're surprised that I know your name, let alone your address to which I sent that invitation that I see you are holding in your right hand, down by your side, sir. 
Would you care to read it aloud? My hope is that it will put an end to your suffocating surge of confusion and uncertainty, which I don't mind telling you, sir, I am rapidly beginning to choke on. Jonathan Sharp, 44, paranoid, attached to the disconnected, lives with half the story, a story beyond his understanding, beyond the veil of apathy he hatefully bathes within. Uncertainty as a sickness, truth as a cure. Call 07700900 Is that accurate enough for you? You came here for the truth, sir. Truth in the form of information. Information you shouldn't know, but information you deserve nonetheless. People come to this place for many things, of course, sir, but in your case we provide a service known as Parasat. My own little shorthand, you'll forgive me, sir. It may sound like a pasta sauce or a black market drug to you, but to my seasoned customers it is a word with the power of knowledge attached to its naked, not to mention ragged edges. Knowledge soaked, of course, in the villainy of foresight. Paranoia satisfaction. Your paranoia, your satisfaction, your story. The story you want. The story you asked me to tell you. I am a reader, Sharpie. I read things. Things that were, things that are. And I think you know the rest. Do with the following what you will, sir. No bell is loud enough to alter these revelations. They're just too loud. Family. You have one, as I do. But your family, your family is special to you. Your perspective on them can change, will change, and has changed. The suspicion. Your suspicion grows tall, beanstalk tall. Your higher perspective, shall we say, gives you the vertigo of loss, or the loss of vertigo. And I'm sorry to say, sir, this is all with good reason. Good, good reason? Great reason, sir. Vast. Would you care to elaborate? Have you ever wondered if your wife was a little bit out of your league? Do you ever look closely at the homework set for your children by the strangers in the system who know them better than you do? Is there a reason why you're being so incredibly enigmatic? Please, sir, this may be your story, a story about you, but let me tell you this story in my own way, in my own time, and in my own clothes. You'll thank me for it, sir. It is all part of the service. You think she's spending a bit too much time at the office. I'm afraid it's far, far worse than that. 
Your wife knows how people tick, Sharpie. She can see the vanity. From miles away, she targets and feeds on it. A bartender all your life thus far, sir, never short of cash, thanks to your wife's government office managerial position. A place of power beyond imagining, where interactions with high-end government officials are plentiful, necessary, mandatory even. Places where privacy cannot be assumed. Your wife travels a lot, Mr. Sharp. That's right. More so recently. And your two children accompany her on these business trips, do they not? I work nights. It's easier if they travel when she does. Your wife's suggestion, I believe, sir. Believe it or not, the fact that she is having an affair isn't the most important thing. She's having an affair? Obviously. Your son has a skin condition, yes? A skin condition that is calmed by the use of certain medical creams, lotions, and potions? Yes. What's that got to do with anything? Dangerous things, medications, sir. They can be altered. Shared, even. And what does this have to do with the affair? Your wife travels with a particular man that has a lot of, shall we say, off-the-books influence in the Department of Education. On paper, he is an advisor and the policy sounding board, a personal friend to the Prime Minister, of course, and a corrupt and evil man of a secret organization called Nightingale. They are in the business of power, domination, and are using your wife's lover to helm their latest endeavor, reworking various tiers of the education system to control what children are learning at earlier ages, while thrusting advertisements in their faces such as toys with built-in, undetectable surveillance. So they are able to monitor the progress of the brainwashing process. Neat, eh? They go to schools, they learn subtle but dangerous things, they grow into adults and become dangerous things. A long-term plan. Not unheard of. The wheel turns, sir. Nothing is ever new. But that is not to say that when a new spoke has been added, it should stay there forever. But never fear. Nightingale aren't the only ones with a long-term plan. We have your wife in the equation. My wife? Well, yes, she's a spy. That's the whole point. Her real name is Lana Grimm's daughter. Norwegian by birth and probably the most dangerous and patient spy in the world. Patient enough to plan her family life around her husband and two children, one of which shares a skin condition with her new, additional, powerful lover. A fake princess to his warped, flaky Prince Charming. Romantic. It is simple enough to imagine that a governmental liaison such as this Nightingale agent would regularly interact and perhaps even share a building with a woman in your wife's position. A position that she targeted years ago and only last month changed over to a personal assistant. That's why she's been away from the office a lot more. Do you see? 
But you didn't know that because you're a bad husband. A personal assistant. How quaint. And a working mother who travels regularly with her young children. She, of course, has her own assistant who helps take care of the kids while she builds up to the climax of her plan with a somewhat personal touch. What plan? Your wife is a nice lady, Mr. Sharp. She offers to relieve discomfort in many ways and occasionally offers your sunskin potion to her lover throughout the day. What happens by night, I would not dare to say. But that isn't the point. Scary coitus rarely is the point. It is the potion, the ointment filled with invisible deadly flies. Poisonous flies. I'm using an analogy to add a splash of color. It's actually a separate potion that she offers to her lover. The casing remains the same, but inside is something quite different. Oh, it calms the irritated skin, yes, does what it says on the identical tin, but like an unattended drink at an unfamiliar bar, the unseeing eye that does not observe will often miss the invisible spike. So, she spiked this guy's lotion. I am happy to see that you are following this, sir. My pride has become the air around us both that we will both fall into in a matter of moments. Yes, sir, with a particularly nasty form of botulinin toxin, one of the deadliest poisons on the planet, and undetectable, not interacting with the chemicals in the lotion and causing further irritation but rather patiently waiting for the absorption process to be complete before decaying important cells. It is only a matter of time, sir. I hear the Nightingale agent has been taken ill. I believe your wife is at his side as we speak. What are we to do? Does your wife's deceit outweigh her intentions? No. Wise and selfless, sir. Future generations are more important than the lives of people who don't realize they are currently being metaphorically strangled to death by somebody they trust. I definitely didn't say any of that. I read it, my dear fellow. Like I said, I read things. But one can never get things completely right or completely wrong. Yes, your wife lied to you, fabricated her entire existence, and marrying someone who would more than likely inherit the skin condition your son has, which I believe you also suffer with, would produce the opportunity for a perfect homicide, the perfect homicide, justified in the minds of the unknown, the unknown and ancient terrorist cell that your wife was born into. All planned, all necessary in order to save future generations from being totally brainwashed by seemingly innocent government officials and secret, evil organizations. Not a perfect situation. But nobody's perfect. And that, sir, is the message I would like you to take away from today's visit to the Never Not There. To your vicious cabaret.
Nobody is perfect. Now, as it is too late for you to change the outcome of these events, and you don't want to thanks to your spiky moral compass, I will permit you your memory of this conversation. But I do have to knock you out with a large, loud tranquilizer. You will wake up at home, brand new, informed, educated. From there, you can enjoy your life. It won't be a perfect life. But then, nothing is perfect. Precisely, sir. This has been your host, Red Grinch.